I will I will cut it off. I won't be teaching an hour, but I'll I'll cut it off. But uh, like I say, I am going to teach it again. If I'm if I'm living a month from now, you. Amen. Matthew chapter eighteen. And uh, at the same time came the disciples, and I, and uh, they came to Jesus, and they were saying to him, "Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven?" That's I'm, I'm talking. I'm teaching on questions that Jesus asked, but I'm going to begin with the questions that the disciples ask. Uh, and I will uh, also, in verse number 12, it's the questions that Jesus asked. But I will, I will go back and talk about the disciples asking first. He said, how thank you if a man have a hundred sheep and one of them go astray, doth he not leave the ninety and nine and go into the mountains and seeking after that which gone astray? Questions questions and if so be that he find it verily I say unto you he rejoiceth more of that sheep than the ninety and nine which went not astray even so it is not the will of your father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish Now, you're probably picking up on knowing what our study is going to be tonight because you back up to verse number one again, and this is where actually the story starts, and this is the, this is the end, of, end of basically the focus of it. Same came, at the same time came the disciples and, and unto Jesus, and they were asking, who is going to be the greatest? Who is the greatest? Uh, now, they already know one thing. If you back up to their lesson last Wednesday night, and to know that Jesus said, Peter, I want you and John uh, and James to come and come with me. And they go up to the top of the mountain for, of transfiguration. That's what our lesson was about, him coming down from the mountain. So Peter, James, and John's got kind of front row seats. In fact, uh, James and John feels like if they want to be on the right hand and the left hand, we may talk about that a little bit. But uh, we want to know the pecking order. <laughs> That's what they say sometimes in the, uh, in the, in the social world. Uh, why aren't you telling me what to do? Well, he's, 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 he's part of the pecking order. In other words, he has that authority by the one that's over him to that to tell you what to do. Amen. So they wanted to know where they stood in the uh, in the program of Jesus. Amen. And they were they were asking they were asking. We've been with you three and a half years and. You keep talking about the kingdom, and I know it's drawing nigh to you to establish your kingdom, and, and what position are we going to have in your kingdom? And, uh, and Jesus called this little child, 
unto him and set him on in the midst of them. Now, I can't do that tonight. I thought about maybe getting a doll or something here. Or maybe I don't see no kids that age, but set them here and Jesus, Jesus taught. Tonight, I'm going to talk, talk about how Jesus, the focus that Jesus has and sees, amen, and the way he looks at life and the way he looks at you and me, amen. He singled out, amen. He singled out where we fit into the kingdom, or where we, where we have a position in the kingdom. He called a little child into him and set him down, and, and, uh, and he started teaching. I would, I would like to turn to Mark also. Uh, maybe I can read this first of all. I'm going to read this, Matthew chapter 2, verse 6. Then I'm going to read Mark, uh, the same story uh, that uh, is here. In verse number 3, And verily I say unto you, except ye be converted And he's not talking about multitudes. He's not talking about, he's, he's talking to those disciples. They're privately talking. And Jesus, whoa, who's going to be the greatest in, your, in the kingdom? What, what, what's the order going to be for us in your kingdom? Uh, except you come as a little child, you ain't going to make it. That's why I want to teach this lesson again. Amen. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now, Jesus is teaching something that don't jive with us. We don't think like that, do we? Heard one cough. We don't think like that. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to embarrass us or it's going to awaken us when Jesus gets through teaching this lesson. It ought to, we ought to recognize, except you be converted, verse 3 says, and become as a little child, ye shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, if you've got any wind in your sail, he'll take it out right there. That, that, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching Bible. I'm, I'm just qu quoting the words that Jesus said. Boy, that's, that's something. Whosoever therefore shall humble shall humble himself as a little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whosoever shall receive one of these little children in my name receiveth me. But who shall offend one of these little ones which believeth in me? It were better for him than a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he was drowned in the depth of the sea. 
it's hard to take that and uh, just, you know, come on. Amen. Jesus, Jesus laying it out there to him. He, they asked him a question and, and he didn't answer their question per se. He said, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you where you're going to make it or not. That's what I'm, I'm interested in. You're, you're not, you're not, should not be concerned about what position you're going to have. You should be concerned about making it or not. Amen. Mark, the ninth chapter, and the 33rd verse, same story, but uh, here's Mark's uh, writing in that. He came to Capernaum, and being the house, he asked them, what was it that you were disputing among yourselves by the way? In other words, here, now here's, here's a, another question Jesus was asking. What were y'all talking about? While we was walking around and I heard you mumbling among yourselves. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you right now, he knew what they were talking about. But he was just, that's the way he opened up the conversation. Amen. But they held their peace for by the way they had disputed among themselves who should be the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve and said unto them, If any man desire to be first, let him be that in the same shall be last of all and the servant of all. And he took a child and set him in the midst of them and when he had taken him in his arms, he said to them, just had this little kid. I'm imagining two, three years old probably. I don't know. But it was an object. Jesus is using object lessons to teach them spiritual lessons. Amen. And he said in verse 37, Whosoever shall receive ones of such children in my name receiveth me. And whosoever shall receive me receiveth not me, but him that sent me. Amen. In other words, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm showing you what it's going to take, what I expect out of you or what kind of attitude or you should have if you're going to follow me or make it to heaven. Jesus was talking, like I say, directly to the disciples here. Amen. And he said, truly, truly, or very, very, I say unto you, amen, except you be converted and become as a little child, you shall have not you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. The Amplified Bible says it like this, Truly I say unto you all, unless you repent, change, turn around, become childish, trusting, lonely, loving, and forgiving. That's the Amplified Bible. He was trying to expand it to try to put our minds to understand what, what really was humbling yourselves as, as a child. It means, first of all, change your mind, change your direction, repent, 
Amen. Become childish in submission. Trusting. Amen. And uh, I, uh, when I was studying this and that word trusting, uh, I'm going to talk about the Harrelsons. Brother Harrelson, if y'all don't mind uh, me saying something about him tonight. But uh, Brother Harrelson, when they came, they came to Dothan, Brother Sister, Elder Sister Harrelson, when they came to Dothan, uh, he was about a year old, and he was very uh, whatever. I, he was he was active. The grandkids are active, but 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 he was he was he was the beginning of it. And Brother Harrelson, Elder Harrelson, could put him up on a high place or say, "Jump, jump in my arms," and he would just <laughs> jump right off. He had all confidence that Daddy was going to catch him. If Daddy said jump, he jumped. And uh, that was, that's a, that's a talk, amen, back yonder in years past. It's just that trust. Unless you, unless you come just as a child and saying whatever Daddy says or whatever God says, that's, point that Jesus is going to make if you trust me enough that you'll do what I ask you to do mm-hmm. does, does that uh, kind of uh, awaken us to know the facts that, that the Lord it wants us to trust in him trust in the Lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Amen. Amen. And you've got to believe that the Lord is going to never allow you. Now, I, I, I know, uh, I know the, the Job story, the story of Job, and, and that uh, God, told Job, God told the devil, uh, you, you, can, you can touch his body. But you, you can't touch his life. Amen. It's, it, there's a stopping place there. And um, that story of Job is kind of one of those that, wow, why did he let the devil do that? He just wanted to prove the devil that he's, there's people that would love him regardless. Amen. Lystria, Paul, Paul was... Paul was a god to them at one time, and then they, then they turned against him, and now he's a devil, and, and so they took him out and stoned him, and they left, carried him outside of town and left him for dead. He was, he had, and uh, I, I believe personally that uh, when Paul told us that he, went up, he was carried to the, went up to the third heaven, where he was in the body or out of the body, I can't tell. And he started saying he saw things that were unspeakable, or un, I mean, he couldn't explain it. Amen. I believe Paul died. Amen. And came back to life. This is me. Okay. But the point was, when Paul came back to life, he got up and went back to town. Man, I would have said, let's get out of here. I'm tired of this. But Paul said, no, I mean, I, I'm going to go back there and let them know you didn't win. 
They pointed some people, and they, then they left. But the point is, they just believe that God has a God has a work for them, and whatever. And uh, if you if you have problems, don't think, well, I'm out of the will of God. And I've told this twice, I think, or three times, and I shouldn't repeat it in so much. But uh, they was priest man said he was. I was on the district board at the time. And uh, he, he was going to come and, and apply to get licensed with the United Pentecostal Church. But he had a flat tire on the way. And when he had the flat tire, he had to fix his flat. He decided it must not be God's will for him to come down and get his license. And if, that's, if that was, he could be able to turn for a flat tire, um, I, I'm glad he didn't come. If I guess if somebody would have said something to him, he would have, well, you know, you know what I mean. You got to make up your mind, and you got to have a, the uh, the approach to God is knowing that you you're not going to be able to solve your own problems. Amen. Meet your own needs. Galatians chapter two. Amen. If you, you please forgive me for what I'm fixing to say, but I, I, what I read here and what I've studied for and what what Jesus said, I don't think ought to be for the good faithful folks. I think everybody needs to hear it in this church. I wish I wish it was forced to come next Wednesday night that I'm pre-teaching this, <laughs> because you know what. We all need to recognize that we have to come to the Lord with a humble hearts. Amen. Galatians chapter 2 and verse number 20. Now, Paul is writing to the church of Galatia. And here's the way he says it. In verse number 19, it says, For, for, for I through the law am dead to the law that I might live unto, Christ, unto God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. I'm still living. Yet not I am living. I'm really not living, but Christ is living in me. What, a, what a, an expression to the Galatian church. And he was concerned about, oh, foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you? And Paul is telling, and, and he's telling his honest outpouring, amen, I am crucified with Christ. I mean, I have died to my will. Amen. Yet no, it's not I that's living. Amen. It's Christ living within me. And the life which I now live Amen. I live, and I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. I don't frustrate. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. But he said, I'm, I am crucified. I'm, amen. Uh, one preacher said it one time. He said, any time... 
any time that uh, the devil comes around trying to, to trying to attack me, he said, uh, I play possum, more or less. I play like I'm dead. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I ain't listening. I'm dead. Because I am crucified with Christ. Galatians chapter 5. Just turn a page over. It says it like this in verse 23, 5 and 23. I'll back up to verse 22. It's but the fruits of the Spirit. Now this is what I was, it's what the Amplified Bible basically picks out some of these words, but here's what Paul says now. A person that's crucified with God, with, with the Lord Jesus. But the fruits of the Spirit that's supposed to be in a Christian's life is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against there is no law. Against such as there is no law. In other words, these things ought to be the fruits of the Spirit in a person's life. I heard that. I thought I heard somebody say amen. Brothers, sisters, there's a whole lot, there, there's a whole lot more road that we can go on. We, we don't need to stop and sit down because we ain't at the end of the road and we haven't really fulfilled all that we could be and should be for God. And that's, I'm just trying to tell you, amen, I'm not trying to push anything tonight. I'm just, I'm just trying to read the word of God and to know that the Lord has so much more for us. And we have so much more that we can give to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 6, verse 14. This is a conclusion that he's, to the Galatians. But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified. He said he was crucified now, but he said the world's crucified to me. And I am crucified unto the world. In other words, the world has no pull on my life. The world cannot rattle me. The world can't draw me. I'm playing dead again. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be unto them and mercy upon, amen, Israel of God. Amen. From henceforth, we know, let no man trouble you, me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. In other words, I got scars all over me from what the beatings, shipwrecks, things that, that I have taken. I bury my body the marks of my commitment. Amen. I call them the marks of the Lord Jesus in my life. Brethren, 
Amen. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. With, be with your spirit. Amen. So Paul is, Paul is saying basically, I don't only talk the talk. I have walked the walk. I'm leaving you an example. Amen. That's what he was saying. But while Jesus was telling them of his suffering and crucifixion, he had just got through talking to him about he was going to go to Jerusalem. He's going to suffer there and die. And while they were, t- while he was talking about that, that hardly got out of their head and their minds until they wanted to know when Jesus gets to Jerusalem, what kind of a position I'm going to take because he's going here to set up his kingdom. They had that much faith and belief. In fact, James and John came to him and asked him, said they wanted, and Jesus wanted to know what, what, what is it you want? We want to sit on, we want on your right hand and your left in your kingdom. Um, do you know what you're asking for? Because on his right hand and on his left when he got to Jerusalem was two thieves. And they died after him. Amen. I, 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 I want to I turn back to Genesis. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 2 and uh, just read a scripture or two here and, and, and see, see the nature of humanity. Now, I have me believe that Adam was the first man and Eve was his wife, first woman. It didn't take very long for they really showed up their colors, did it? Genesis chapter 2, and I will begin reading at verse 15. Genesis 2, 15. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. Amen. But the tree that of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And the Lord said, It's not good for man to be alone. Amen. Amen. That he should be alone, but I will make him a helpmate. Oh. You uh, you think that's think that's okay? Chapter three. Chapter three in Genesis, and I'll begin at verse number five. In fact, I'll begin at, begin at verse number four. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die? For God doth know that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eye, and a tree desired to be desired, 
to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave it unto her husband with her and he did eat. And the eyes of both of them were opened. Because it was self-exaltation. It fits right into what I'm going to teach you tonight. Except you become as little children, you're not going to make it, boys. I picked you out because I feel like I was getting the cream of the crop. But there's a whole lot of, you've got to understand, your leader is fixing to go and be crucified. And you've got to become, as a little child, humble yourself. Amen. But Eve grabbed the scripture or grabbed the words of the devil. It's, it's to help you become wise. Self-exaltations. Amen. It, it, it's, it's a human, it got into humanity early, didn't it? The very first family started choosing where they wanted to be obedient to God or try to make it in a way that it was self-exaltation. God spoke to Solomon when he was king of Israel and he was dedicating the temple. And I can quote it and you can too. If my people, God spoke to him as he was dedicating the temple. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. They were making, they had a, they had a, they had just built through all of David's treasure that he was saving up and Solomon had gathered in. And now I, I don't know how much I, I told, I was told about 10 years ago that there was $86 billion worth of gold in that temple. That's enough to make people get pride a little bit if he had that much money around. But God was talking to them in that beautiful, 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 beautiful place that he had allowed them to build. But don't be exalted because of your positions or what you are. Eve, Eve wasn't satisfied to just be a servant of God. First Samuel, I am not off the lesson at all. First Samuel chapter 15. And I'm sure that you're very familiar with this. You've heard it preached quite a number of times. In fact, it's been preached a few weeks ago here. Amen. First Samuel chapter 15. And I will begin reading at verse number 20. But this story here is a revelation of what people think they're doing with God. Again, verse number 20, and Saul said unto Samuel, now what had happened, Saul was sent down to destroy the Amalekites and uh, God, God wanted to wipe them out because when they were coming through the promise, or coming to the promised land through the wilderness, the Amalekites 
and you it's it's not in the it's not in the uh um the exodus you can't read that but it's in one of the one of the prophets that told the story amen the amalekites snuck in behind them and, and started taking killing the, the 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 weak and the children uh, the army was marching forward. They were, they were on their march to the promised land. The Amalekites was coming in behind them where the stragglers were and, and the children were. In their protection, they thought, uh, Israel was, but the Amalekites was taking advantage of that, and they was killing off the, the young. And so God said to, to Saul, I want you to go down there and, and wipe them out. And uh, I don't know what you think about it, but you got to understand one thing. There ain't no go sin either get in heaven either. And I'll talk about that. I ain't going to talk about it tonight probably. But uh, this is a, I mean, God's serious. Amen. In 1 Samuel chapter 15 and verse 20, Saul comes back and he's done the will of God. As far as he is concerned, oh, it's been a blessed thing. He's brought, he agagged the, 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 the king. He's brought some of the best-looking cows you've ever seen. He's coming back to offer them as a sacrifice to God. God's going to be very pleased with their sacrifice. Hello? I don't think so. Amen. And so Saul said, Samuel, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and I have gone the, by the way of the Lord and sent me, and, and I have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, amen, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites except the cattle. And the people took the spoil of sheep and oxen and chief things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God, your God. Our, it's not our God, it's your God. In Gilgal. And God said, or, or excuse me, Samuel said, Samuel said, hath the Lord as, as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obedience and is and obey the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. Amen. Those sacrifices are just trying to appease sometimes more than they were. That's why God said He was sick of them sometimes. The children of Israel, right? He said, "For rebellion, verse twenty-three. For rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as the iniquity." And idolatry, because thou hast rejected the words of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. You have destroyed your own kingdom. Woo, 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 woo. Far too many of us think that when God's blessings us physically or financially, Amen. That's a proof that God is approving of everything that we are. Be careful. Amen. 
Amen. We are we're God's servants always to do God's will, God's purpose. Amen. And one, I, I, this is this is a story, and I'm gonna I'm gonna finish with this story. Exodus chapter two and verses one through ten. It tells a story. I'm just gonna tell it. It tells a story of the uh, uh, of the birth of Moses. Now we all heard this story over and over and over many times, and we all can see the hand of God. Amen. In Moses' life and how he spared his life and so forth, that he is a goodly child. He is, he, he is one that God's going to use. That you, just, you can just read it through there and see it almost by Exodus, even Exodus 1 through, 1 through 10, X2. And you can, you can just say, that boy's going to grow up to be a, be a great leader for God because God is protecting him like he was. And he, that's great. It's great. Amen. And, of course, when he was 40 years old, he was trained in all the wisdom of Egypt and all the things was Egypt. And that was, that was, that was what, personally, that's what God used because Moses wrote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, the first five books called the Pentateuch. He had that. He didn't get his education to write like that. <laughs> back in the backside of the desert, tend to the sheep. But he got his education from, the, from Egypt. But when he slew the Egyptian, and he was thinking that they would recognize what he really felt in his heart, that it was about time for God to show because he had chosen to suffer the afflictions with the people of God than to continue to live in the palace and enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. He, 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 he'd already made up that mind, his decision of that. He goes to the backside of the desert, spends another 40 years there, and when God calls him, he felt so insecure. He could feel the pains and their sufferings and wishing somebody would deliver them, but I'm not the man. Hello? I'm not, you know, Lord, you, I would love to see somebody go down there and win, get those people. I'd love to see them delivered from Egypt, but, but me, I do not have the qualifications. I do not have the... Uh, the abilities, it's not in me, I'm just a shepherd. That's what God calls a lot of times shepherds. And people that don't think that they are worth anything or able to do anything. Now I'm turning the table just a little bit. I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, with God, all things are possible. And that's why we talk about Moses, the humility that he had through all of this. Amen. He, uh, he, was, he was a man that God could use because 
he did not take the glory for all of his work. You know what God needs for all of us? He needs a childlike spirit in us that says, I'm just going to trust God. I'm just going to trust God. I, I believe that God can do all things. That's what Paul said. I can do all things through God, Christ who strengtheneth me. I mean, anything that anything he asked me to do, I can, in other words, if he says me to jump, I'll just jump up in his arms. <laughs> See, that's why I talked about Brother Harrelson a while ago. Um, and, uh, it would, if they were here, they could, they could sort of tell you some stories about just uh, a child's trust. Amen. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 4, Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Don't ever think that your position of how you feel about it or how your qualifications are or whatever, that you're just, you're just useless in the kingdom of God. It's that, that's kind of a spirit that God can use. And Jesus was teaching the disciples to have that kind of spirit and you know what? I really believe it may not have had it just that may not have happened right then. But you know what Jesus told Peter? He told him at the last few days, Simon, Simon, Satan hath desired to have you. That he may sift you like wheat. That's the devil. Devil wants to get a hold of all of us and he wants to sift us like wheat. And Peter, you you got a pretty pretty good qualification of a man that has always got something to say. <laughs> but you know, I just I just need your heart humbled. So when you speak, you're speaking as an oracle of God and it won't go to your head. Amen. God wants to use all of us. He can only use us under our qualifications of humility and submission lest he would destroy us in the process. Shall we stand? I don't know where I'll say the same words, not. But uh, I'm not half through with the lesson. But I, I will go back through the same process, and if you will forgive me for doing this, but uh, I just, I just think that there's more people needs to hear this than's here tonight. And if you forgive me for saying this, I, I, but I think the people that need to hear this is not here tonight, mostly. 
Lord, I thank you for your word. And God, we all want to be like those disciples. We want, we want to climb the ladder of success. We want to achieve things, Lord, but it's not for your glory. It's usually for us. May God somehow we forget about the us and allow you, Jesus, to some way take this servant, take all of her saint of God that's here tonight, Lord. They've got great qualities that they could be used, and I know God. They've got, they, they've got, they've got talents and they've got abilities, and yet, Jesus, it's got to be handed God by a humble heart. It's, it's got to be, Lord, something that, that when, God, we do what we do, that you get the glory and not us. I've seen too many from the very beginning. I've seen Adam and Eve, how that they knew what you had said, but they knew, or should I say, they, they recognized that there was a potential that the devil throwed at them or presented before them that it was for their self and not for obedience. May God somehow we, first of all, are be submissive and willing to be obedient to you that you can use us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord bless you.